This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Just we were talking last week about davening for non-Jews. So I just want to then we were talking about davening for other people. I just want to make a correction. I mentioned a story from the stipler that the stipler was davening for Abchatzko Abramsky. Abchatzko Abramsky was uh, originally a rov in Russia, and when he wanted to leave Russia to come to, to Eretz Yisrael, he wanted to leave, he ended up in England, so he got thrown into Siberia from by the Russian government, and in Siberia he wrote his classic say, and I called it the Divrei Yecheskel. So one of our listeners pointed out to me that I was incorrect. The Divrei Yecheskel was the Shinova. He was the son of the Divrei Chaim. The safer that Chaskal Abramsky wrote was Chazoin Yechaskal. So I want to correct that for the record for all those who are curious. Is, what, what? There's another Divrei Chaskal also. Oh, right, that's right. That's correct also. Right, I always confuse that one also. That's also the Divrei Yechaskal. He was a Rosh Hashiva in Slobodka as well. That's a good point. Thank you, Gershon. And I forgot to say over a story with Ibki Vega that we mentioned the power of davening for someone. Ibki Vega's son, Shloyme Eger, was going around collecting for Ibki Vega and uh, a wealthy Gavir said that I'll uh, give money to the institution if your father davens for me. So they took down the name. They were trying to have a child. They didn't have any children. So they took down the name of Kivega and said, I'll daven. And he davened and he davened and there was no baby. And Kivega was a little uh, you know, troubled, puzzled. So they found out that they got the name wrong. It wasn't exactly the right name. When they got the name right, nine months later, a baby boy was born. So uh, the power of Tefillah works if you get the right name. If you daven for the wrong people, it might not work. So I want to talk about this evening a shayla that um, comes off of uh, Parshas Balak. We're a couple of Parshas behind. But the shayla is very relative, Bisman Hazes, sadly. It's Nagea both here in America and in Eretz Yisrael, but with different versions of the shayla. For example, in Eretz Yisrael, you have very often, you have Israeli soldiers that are in their full garb, and they have the big gun slung over their arm, and they want to come to shul. They want to come to Avim and they want to have they want to come learn. And is there an issue for them to come into shul wearing their gun? Here in America, there are many communities, I don't know so much here, but I know in the five towns they're doing that, where they have in every shul, there's a member of the shul that is an uh, armed gun carrier, legally, and he's trained, and he sits in the shul with everyone else, and no one knows who he is. I don't know if the rabbi knows, maybe they tell him, I don't know. And there's one member of the shul, in the shul, that has a gun on him, concealed weapon, in case, chas v'shalom, it needs to be used. So the question is, is there an issue for these two people to come to shul with their weapon? Obviously the soldier in Eretz Yisrael has a much more open weapon, but the, the yin in the shul is probably a much more concealed weapon. Now today many more people are trying to get guns. It's uh, more popular. A lot of from yidin I know have guns. Um, it's uh, more popular than it used to be. So the question is, does that present a problem for coming into shul or for davening while carrying a gun? So there's really a Gemara in Sanhedrin, Daf Pei Beis. The Gemara learns out from a Pasuk, at the end of Pasha is Balak. It says, Vayikach, that uh, Balak got, Balak, um, Pinchas went, Mitoicha Eida, Vayikach Reimach Biyodis. The Gemara says over there in Sanhedrin, we learn from here that you're not allowed to have any clay zayim in the base of Medrash. You're not allowed to have any weapons in, your, in, the, in the base of Medrash. That's the lotion of the Gemara in Sanhedrin. No weapons in base of Medrash. So that's why Pinchas, when he wanted to get his weapon, he had to step out of the base of Medrash, he grabbed his uh, knife, and then he went to the store. Now, that's base Medrash. However, if you look in Shulchan Aruch and Simen Kuf Nun Aleph, Kuf, Simen Kuf Nun Aleph is Hilchas Kedushas Beis HaKnesis. And you'll see why in a moment that that's important to know. The Shulchan Aruch writes the following, Yesh Oisrim Likonis Ba Besakun Aruch. There are those that pro- prohibit going into a shul with a long knife, Oi Beresh Megullah, or with the head uncovered. 
So this is a very difficult comment to understand from the Shulchan Aruch. First of all, where is the source that you're not allowed to come into shul with a long knife? So if you look in the Beis Yosef, which is always the source for these halachas, so the Beis Yosef quotes, it comes from Rishonim. So the Maritzchiz in Masechah Sanhedrin says, what do you mean it comes from Rishonim? It's a Gemara in Sanhedrin. We just quoted it. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin that we learned from Pinchas that you're not allowed to bring any clay zayin into the Beis Medrash. If you can't bring it into the Beis Medrash, so you can't bring it into the Beis Knesset either. That's the Maritzchiz's kash. But what's the second half? Oy b'roish megula, or with the head uncovered. Whose head? The head of a person walking into shul. That's a different halacha. Shulchan Aruch talks about that earlier. That you're not allowed to walk into shul with the Rosh Megullah. How do you understand this Mechaber? So many learn the Mechaber. Rosh Megullah doesn't mean the head of the carrier. It's referring to the head of the knife. That the head of the knife is uncovered. But if the knife would be concealed, if the knife would be covered, then it's not a problem. And that's how the Mishnah Paschal is. Mishnah Paschal is based on the Eliyarabba. That if the knife is covered, then there is no problem. So this is the same question. So let's talk about a gun. So most of us are not walking with a knife. However, if you think about it, there are people that have certain uh, jobs that they carry knives on their belt, like certain carpenters and other types of uh, physical laborers, where sometimes they do need a knife, a pocket knife, something just that, that a knife is a knife. So therefore, if it's concealed, if it's covered, the roishoy is mechoseh, so then according to the Mishnah it would be mut. Now, there is a comment by the Taz, the Taz makes a comment where the Taz is medayig on the lash of the Mechaber. Why is it a sakun orach? Why is it a long knife? Why can't it be a short knife? So the Taz says because a long knife is, uh, is uh, that we answer because there's no big need to schlep around a long knife. But if you have a little knife which you might need access to and it's not so easy to take it off and to put it back on, maybe that's mut. That's a comment by the Taz. So the Tzitz Eliezer wants to say in the Tshuva, in uh, Tzitz Eliezer, Chelek Vav, Simen Yudches, he wants to say, what about a pistol? So he wants to say a pistol is like a small knife. Small gun, small knife. What's the difference? So he wants to say you should be allowed to come into the shul with a pistol, but you shouldn't be able to come into the shul with a rifle because it's a small knife. Now, it's a shtickle funny svara because in the world of knives, we understand the difference between a small knife and a big knife. In the world of guns, even though, again, this is a big discussion in the NRA, what type of uh, guns they should ban, but a small gun and a big gun is, is pretty, pretty much the same ability to do a significant amount of damage with a bullet. The bullet doesn't really change. Obviously, the, 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 um, the things are much larger, you have more bullets in a bigger gun. But nonetheless, it's as wants to say, the same way you're allowed to bring a small knife into shul, you should be able to bring in a small gun into the shul. And then he wants to say that, let's say, there's no bullets in the gun. You take the bullets out of the gun. Obviously, if you take the bullets out of the gun, then you're not going to be too helpful in the back of the shul with your gun if there's no bullets in there. So that's not going to help. But the shaila is, is this a din in tefillah, or is this a din in kedushas basic nessus? Let's say I want to dive in by myself. I don't want to daven the shul. I'm daven by myself. So it's, it's, as it says, it has nothing to do with davening. It has nothing to do with the shul. It has to do with davening. Because davening is supposed to be marich and the yamav. Davening is supposed to make your life long. And guns and knives uh, shorten life. However, many others, others disagree. And they say, no, this is the din Kedusha's basic nessus. If you want to daven outside in the park, you and nine other people, you can daven with your gun out, with your knife out, no problem. So it's machoikis achren. Since Eliezer thinks not like that, Rabbi Yashiv says no. Rabbi Yashiv held it's only a dinner basic nurse. So let's say you have an outdoor minion or you're davening outside. So then you could daven with your gun out. It's not a problem. So both the Tzitz Eliezer and Rabbi Vad Yosef both want to be mako if you have a soldier where it would be a very big tircha for him to take off his gun. 
for a soldier to take off his gun, first of all, he'll get, he might get himself into some legal trouble about not being careful with his gun. Also, it would be a big tich. Now, we're not talking about whether there's a sakana. Obviously, if there's really, really a sakana in the shul, then obviously you're allowed to carry the gun. We're talking about it's not a sakana lefanenu. However, the... The Tzitzeliezer and Ravadia both want to come up with another sniffle huckle. So the first hetter is if it's closed. If it's concealed, which usually it is. The other hetter is if it's a small gun. And the third hetter, which is very hard to understand, is based on an Arach The Arach says, carrying a gun on Shabbos is not considered carrying. At least for a soldier. It's part of his clothing. It's part of his malbush. Just like you wear a hat, you wear a jacket, he wears a gun. So therefore says the Arach for a soldier to wear his gun on Shabbos is not called carrying. So therefore says Rebbe Vadia, says the Tzitzeliezer, so just like it's not considered carrying, it's also not considered a problem coming into shul. Part of the part of the malbush, right? So we talked about this a few weeks ago. We talked about watches, whether or not watches are considered part of your malbush or not. But uh, this is a very schwer comparison. The Aruch Hashulchan is a question of Hilcha Shabbos. Hilcha Shabbos is Shailin begadim. Here it's a shail of, of bringing dangerous things into a shul. So the fact that it becomes part of your wardrobe just means that you're in a very dangerous job. doesn't mean it's mutter to bring the gun into shul. Shtikot tzarechim by me what the comparison is. Halach lemaisa, what many of the shuls are doing is they're having guys in the back of the shul with, con- with concealed weapons. And I think there's what to be saimichan. Either it's covered or the fact that it's small or this arach hashulchan. But I did see that the river is a frame of a frame green was He said no guns absolutely whatsoever in the shul. Reverse Shechta says over that his father used to be a rub in Philadelphia. That shul ended up going down to Baron Felder, that's how, who was the rub of that shul subsequently afterwards. And he said he had a fellow who used to come to say Kaddish, and he was a police officer and he carried a gun. And he always told him he has to keep the gun in the office, he can't bring the gun into shul. He was machmer, he said you can't bring the gun into shul. But he also says over something which was, which was fascinating, he quoted a shayla that after the Holocaust, they apparently found ropes that the Nazis used to use to hang Jews. And they found those ropes... And they wanted to bring them as a nikum against the Nazis. They had a minion somewhere in Eretz Yisrael where they used to have the Baltfil use it as a gartel. The same ropes that the Nazis used to murder Jews, they wanted to use it as a gartel. So someone, so Mesholem Rotter, or Mesholem Roth is the problem. Maybe that's like using a weapon in davening. This was used as a weapon. This rope was used as a weapon to murder Jews. Maybe it's not correct to use it as a gartel in davening because of a violation of this halach. It's an interesting thing to think about. But halach lamaisa, again, many of the shuls in the five towns, this is common practice, that they have someone in the back of the shul that's carrying, but it's concealed, and since it's concealed, there is what to be saimichan. But we need tomorrow night, although we usually don't have a between minchamayav on Monday night, I want to talk about an important shayla, which is sadly very negea in Florida. I want to just go through some of the major inyanim about the potential Laguna Shilohs that are going to come out because of what happened in Surfside, which is sadly, again, as, as sad as the news is, these Shilohs have already been around for hundreds of years. These types of Shilohs of Agunas, what happens when you have rubble, what happens when you have a body that's not found. So tomorrow night, I just want to, it, it needs more time than we're going to allow to, but just some of the Rosh Prakim, so we have a little bit of an idea of some of the Shilohs that are going to be coming. They're not there yet. I've heard from the, the, the experts, they're not there yet because they're still in the initial stage. But as this develop continues to go on, they're going to have to deal with serious Aguna Shailas or what to do with men that were there and we don't, haven't yet found the body. So we'll that tomorrow night, I guess as an incentive to come to Minchamayr tomorrow night, we'll be discussing some of the major inyonim about Aguna and Shiva and things like that that pertain to the tragedy in Florida.